Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520, back by popular demand. We have with us Major General Robert M. Bo Dias with us, and there's so many matters throughout the world that we're concerned with military security and uh, we're very honored to have Major General Bo Dias back in Buffalo, New York. He's being very well protected by the Erie County Sheriff's Department courtesy of Sheriff John Garcia and we thank Kevin Carr for coming in special today as our Director of Production. A little background information about Major General Bo Dias, he was Deputy Director, Chief of Staff, Army Capabilities Integration Center, U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command. He assumed duties as the Deputy Director, and that was in 2015. After graduating from Appomattox County High School in Virginia, he received an appointment to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Upon graduation in 82, Major General Dias was commissioned as an infantry officer. During his 36 years of service, Major General Dias held command and staff assignments, including platoon leader, battalion adjutant, rifle company commander, headquarters company commander, battle operations officer, deputy division G3, and brigade executive officer during assignments in the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And I could go on and on, but we never hear from him. So let's talk about the $64,000 question. That's this horrible atrocity by Vladimir Putin in the Ukraine with thousands and thousands of people killed and probably a trillion dollars damage. These cities don't even look like cities anymore. They're level, just like when my parents were in World War II in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, what's going on in the Ukraine? Your assessment, Major General Bo Dias. Well, first, Brian, thanks for inviting me back to the city of Buffalo. And uh, it's just a, a fantastic uh, place to visit and, and uh, such a, a friendly city. And uh, thanks, thanks for that. It was a uh, unprovoked and, and a brutal uh, attack and assault that, that occurred. Uh, I thought when he was uh, posturing through the training exercises that he would attack uh, in a certain time frame. It happened to be the 24th of February. There, there are the uh, um, uh, fields are frozen at that time in the Ukraine, and I thought that uh, that would uh, precipitate or that would help him with his armor attack. 
But as it turns out, uh, the attack that came from multiple directions were fiercely defended by the brave Ukrainians that were there, and they were able to blunt the attack. And uh, I was uh, so happy uh, that they were able to turn back those forces, and uh, now they are pushing the the Russian assaults that have uh, gained ground inside of Ukraine uh, back. And uh, I don't know how far they will push them back, but uh, we will continue to support them with uh, with arms. Uh, there's been uh, at least 21 presidential drawdowns, which are taking existing uh, amounts of equipment that exists in the military and shipping that to Ukraine. So the Ukrainians have the capability to fight for themselves, and they've done so so valiantly. Very good. Now, another hot spot is China. When they see perhaps weakness of the U.S. and Western military operations, it seems that they're starting to make offensive gestures into the Pacific region. Um, is China a threat uh, with Taiwan, Hong Kong in the Far East? Uh, do you see China moving forward? So in our national military strategy, uh, they have said that uh, China is the pacing threat, Russia is the acute threat, uh, which means that there are actions that we have to take with Russia right now, but we cannot take our eye off of China because they are developing uh, capabilities uh, right now that uh, really I th believe China wants to redo the entire post-World War II uh, convention. Uh, they want to change it uh, from the way that it currently is to uh, something that is more uh, akin to what they want to have. So I believe that they are working on this. They have a plan. They, they look at like a 50-year plan. It, it, you know, in 1997, Hong Kong, essentially, the Brits pulled out, and then there was 2047 is the day when uh, Hong Kong will essentially transition over to Chinese uh, control. So I think they do have a plan. Uh, you know, deterrence, uh, we don't want to fight a war. I mean, they are big trading partners with us and others, and I don't think that we want to start a war, but we want to deter conflict. So. Deterrence is really defined by two things. One is having a capability, and the second thing is having the will to use it. So I think our defense industrial base and our armed services, they're providing that capability. And we need to keep uh, that in mind as we think about modernizing uh, our forces here in the United States, as well as our uh, coalition partners and allies, because the, I'm Army guy. But the Army will not go and fight by itself in any conflict. We're always with our sister services and in the just about every war we've ever been in to include the revolutionary war we had allies and coalition partners and they are the the things that really uh, makes us strong and the ability to keep us modernized i think is very important again i'd like to thank the erie county sheriff's department for their excellent security for major General Bo Dias and his visit to Buffalo. We also encourage all of our listeners to pick up a copy of the Ampole Eagle newspaper that had a feature when Major General Dias was here a year ago. Uh, very pro-military, conservative publication. And again, uh, it tells you about every polka dance and cultural event in the Polish-American community in western New York. Now let's talk about Putin, it seems that he wants to reestablish the former USSR. 
He's active trying to get Ukraine and the Polish people, about 30% of the people who live in the Buffalo, New York area, are of Polish descent. It seems like Poland could be next. Let's talk about uh, Vladimir Putin's goal of bringing Russia back to its previous strength 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, I believe that every country um, in Europe, in the NATO countries, and even Poland, uh, Sweden, and Finland, have done a risk analysis. Um, there were times when uh, the U.S. was advocating for the NATO countries to provide 2% of their GDP toward their national defense, and many of those countries had not done that. And I think that now, uh, with this action of Putin invading, uh, unprovoked invasion of Ukraine, is that they're now going back and re-looking at their own risk assessments about how they're going to provide uh, defense for their own country. Uh, I've been to Warsaw and I've been to Krakow. It's a lovely country, and I know that it's right next to Ukraine, and I think that uh, all of the countries there are doing an assessment of uh, how much they're spending for defense and then what they're going to spend on. Uh, obviously, air and missile defense uh, is an important aspect of what the Ukraine uh, is going through right now to be able to defend themselves against uh, missile strikes and, and other uh, air force uh, attacks. Uh, but I think every country is going through that assessment. I think I, I, I agree with the president's assessment uh, that it, he just badly miscalculated in his invasion of the Ukraine and believing that it would be a very short war, that he would not have to destroy a lot of the infrastructure. Most of the industrial part of the Ukraine is in the eastern part, and I think that he was very badly miscalculated um, on that uh, invasion. That's terrible. Um, why didn't we start the sanctions and be more proactive when there were 20, 30, 40,000 troops. Why did we wait till there were 200,000 troops and invading Ukraine? Wasn't this a big mistake to um, change course so late in the game? Well, I think if you go back and look at when the presidential drawdowns started, I think they started in earnest about January 2020. Uh, that's when I believe the first presidential drawdowns occurred. So we started sending... Uh, and that was a year and one month prior to the invasion in, on the 24th of February, 2021. So I believe that we did start. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, they, uh, Russians were having uh, training exercises on the border. That could have been interpreted as just a bluster and that uh, trying to uh, uh, push around uh, folks and, and determining how much will uh, was available in the both the NATO uh, being able to speak with one voice and how strong his opposition was going to be. I'd like to thank also Paul Lawless of Boca Raton, Florida, whose son is a West Point graduate who recommended these visits by Major General Bo Dias to Buffalo, New York. If you're listening in Virginia, Cheektowaga, New York, or Montreal, drop us a note. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners as our 50,000 watts blanket 
17 states, much of Canada, and we received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand at the Bet 1520. Please write to Brian Rusk, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guest, Bogdan Kotnis, who wrote a book on General Kazimir Pulaski. It's, it's funny. We, have, we had a program on General Pulaski, and now we have Major General Dias in the studio. Also, uh, thanks to those who've called regarding Carl Calabrese, former Deputy County Executive, and also Joe Winter with the Niagara University Family Business Center. A little more information about Major General Bo Dias. He's a graduate of the Infantry Officer Basic and Advanced Courses, United States Army Command and General Staff College, Army Force Management Course, Air War College, and the Joint and Combined Warfighting School. He holds a Master's of Science in Systems Engineering from Virginia Polytechnic Institute and the State University and Master's of Science in Strategic Studies from the United States Air University, Maxwell Air Force Base, Alabama. Our guest today on the Rusk Report on the BET 1520. Let's talk about Iran. I mean, now we've been talking about uh, giving them nuclear arms. There's violence in the streets. The protest seems like a very highly unstable uh, country with what they've been going through the last few months. A young lady was killed because she changed her appearance against the government wishes, and she was killed. Um, how can we give nuclear arms to such an unstable country? Well, first, I'd like to say uh, good day to anybody that's listening in Christchurch in New Zealand, if, if there are anybody okay. listening there. All right. If I get a letter from New Zealand, I'll send it to you in Virginia. Thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah. But uh, just to – I don't exactly uh, um, agree with the characterization that we're giving them uh, nuclear weapons. I think that U.S. policy, I'm pretty safe to say that it, it, we do not want to see um, Iran and uh, the current regime uh, have the access to nuclear weapons – uh, and uh, I, I think that's one thing. The, the protests in Iran is obviously there's uh, instability there uh, in the country, and it's because of the really the oppression and, and the way that the young people are reacting to the way that the regime and their morality po police uh, react. But um, I think uh, unrest and, and instability is not necessarily a good thing, but I think that the ability for young people to, to speak their minds and, and, uh, and react to the way that the, the government is controlling them, I think, is uh, indicative of an underlying unrest uh, that's in the, in the country. Uh, we certainly, Iran has been uh, exporting both uh, death and weapons to the region in the Middle East, uh, in Yemen, in Syria, in uh, northern Iraq, and I think that the uh, that is a problem, and uh, and they are continuing to um, uh, do that, uh, which is it's just it creates suffering all across uh, that area in the Middle East. So you may see a good effect from these young people protesting that it may bring the people of Iran perhaps greater freedom and opportunity and stability. 
so you see sort of a positive light at the end of the tunnel. There's one thing that uh, when I was in the, my, my last years in the Army, I worked on futures things. And the one thing about the – there's three things about the future that I know. One is that it's unknown. Two, that it's unknowable. And three, that it's constantly changing. So, Brian, I am not sure – how um, the reaction of the regime will be to the protests there. It could be a positive, it could be a very negative, depending on how they react to that um, in the streets uh, of Iran. Okay, let's uh, shift to North Korea. Uh, There was a big threat with nuclear arms, with the uh, ballistic missiles, with the dictator of North Korea in the last five years, it seemed under President Trump, it seemed to calm down a little bit. In the last six months, he's been launching more of these ballistic missiles. I think people are, are very worried in the Pacific region with this dictator, um, very autocratic, totalitarian rule in North Korea. Uh, is this madman becoming more of a threat? Is he more of a threat? Uh, I was in Korea from uh, 97 to 98, and they did not have nuclear weapons at the time, although we, I, I believe we thought that he may be uh, testing, doing testing. But any time that you have a combination of a capability with an uh, irrational actor, uh, I think it's a reason to be worried. And he has been doing a lot of ballistic missile tests um, over there, uh, recently fired one right over Japan. And uh, I think our, our uh, both in the South, uh, South Korea, uh, where I work very closely with the Republic of Korea Army, as well as uh, Japan and other um, uh, uh, coalition partners in that area, that they, it, we have a, a, a reason um, uh, to be wary and aware of his capabilities. And uh, we need to work on our defenses, and which we have, uh, but we need to continue to be alert uh, in North Korea. It is a problem spot. Now, you, we were talking about nuclear warfare earlier on the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520. Uh, I can't imagine that Putin would want to use nuclear um, war capabilities in the Ukraine because NATO, the United States, England, France, Germany, I can't imagine they're going to allow a neighbor uh, to have nuclear warfare taking place. Do you think this is just an idle threat, or do you think Putin may actually use nuclear arms in the Ukraine? If, if he indeed is a rational actor, I believe that he would not use them. Uh, I was not sure that he was going to invade last uh, in February either. Um, the we have established a red line that if he attacks any NATO country, then it's an Article Five. Uh, an attack on one is attack on all. Uh, I think that if Putin is a rational actor, then he's doing the math in his own brain about number one, attacking a NATO country, but number two, uh, we've essentially established that use of nuclear weapons is a red line for us. And the thing with a red line is that if a red line is crossed, there's got to be some uh, – it's just an action-reaction counteraction. So if the action is the use of nuclear weapons, then what is our reaction to that? And then what's Putin's counteraction to that? So, I mean, all of those things have got to be taken into uh, account. I think that uh, if he is a rational actor, that he would not use it because we've signaled that we will not tolerate it. 
Good. I hope you're exactly right. I can just see World War III coming if Putin would use nuclear warheads. So good. Uh, for those who just tuned in, you're listening to the Rusk Report and the Bet 1520. If you're listening in South Buffalo, Toronto, or Washington, D.C., drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk. Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Again, we greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Major General Bo Dias. His military decorations include Distinguished Service Medal, two Legion of Merits, two Bronze Stars, the Defense Meritorious Service Medal, five Meritorious Service Medals, two Army Commendation Medals, two Army Superior Unit Awards, the Combat Infantryman's Badge, the Ranger Tab, and the Senior Parachutist Badge. Great patriot and military leader, Major General Robert M. Bo Dias, Jr. Um, let's talk about the Crimea. This is really an important part of the Ukraine that uh, Putin took from the people years ago. And this is the port. They ship a lot of grain and uh, energy through that port. Isn't this essential with the Ukrainian efforts to get back that Crimea port? So in 2014, uh, we were... <laughs> Early 2014, we were just talking about what Matt Lauer was eating for breakfast at the Sochi Olympics. Uh, after the Olympics were over, that's when the uh, Russians annexed uh, Crimea. I believe, you know, along with <clears throat> the Ukrainian um, leadership, that, that Crimea is a part of the Ukraine. And then uh, the land bridge that the Russians have now established in between the two breakaway republics up uh, or the provinces up in the north. Uh, as well as the Crimea area, I think, belong to Ukraine. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're fighting so hard, because it's their attack, their own uh, native lands. It's where they've uh, fought and, and bled, and they were born and raised. And I, I believe that they believe that that's part of their country. Now, let's talk to the eastern part of Ukraine, the separatist regions. I guess a lot of people there speak Russian. Uh, there are some that would advocate that far east part to be under Russian control. Do you think that might be a negotiation to end this war, that Russia may keep some of those separatist areas and hopefully give up Crimea back to the Ukrainian people? I, I think it's going to be on the Ukraine uh, leadership as well as the Russians uh, to determine the I think what has happened there is they've moved a lot of the what were uh, native Ukrainians out of that region and then repopulated that with uh, with Russians. As, as we were talking earlier about the Russian use of reflexive control is what they do is they bait and then switch. They will um, say that uh, start a uh, something happening, uh, maybe a riot, and then the, whatever the local forces are uh, come in and, and maintain control of them. And then Russia uses that as a way to uh, now uh, come in and take an action like seizing territory and those types of things. I think the United States, in this case, right around the February, we were uh, essentially saying these are the things that we believe that the Russians are going to say in order to justify their uh, special military operations, what they call it, but it's essentially an unprovoked brutal attack. Let's talk about Taiwan. China seems to be getting more aggressive with 
uh, military threats, uh, flights, military flights over uh, Taiwan. Um, is Taiwan in danger? Do you think with the problems we had with Afghanistan, China is now seeing a free hand to take over Taiwan? How do you see it? Um, I think the Chinese leadership will have to do their own math uh, in their own mind. The Taiwan Straits are it's 100 miles across there. So uh, if you think that, you know, the, the British cha- the English Channel was only handful of miles across there and how much difficulty we had in, in moving a large army and, and force a uh, coalition across that uh, huge or across that very narrow strait. And then if you think the same thing about how far it is from Buffalo, 100 miles in, in any direction, how difficult it would be for somebody to do that. So I think they're doing their own math, number one, on what would happen if they did that. And number two, um, could they pull it off? And I think they, they're, they're doing their own math. They're certainly working on capabilities, but uh, it's a long ways across the Taiwan Straits. Well, it would be terrible for the Taiwanese people to lose their freedom. And uh, wouldn't it make more sense for us to be preemptive and the West to give more military support and aid so that we don't, do not see what happened in the Ukraine happen in Taiwan? Possibly. Okay. One last question. Uh, The Polish people in western New York and southern Ontario, they're worried that they're next. If if, uh, Putin is successful in the Ukraine and taking over the Ukraine as a part of Russia, that Poland would be next. Poland has taken three million refugees. We have a few minutes left on the Rusk report on the Bet 1520. Uh, Should the Poles be worried, nervous? I, I don't know if they should be nervous. They should be aware. Uh, if they have spidey senses, you know, uh, I would say that they probably should be um, uh, alert to that. But I have been to Poland, and I have seen their armed forces, and I know that they're strong. And uh, that, that is all part of the defense of a nation is uh, how, you, how you prepare yourselves, how you uh, identify risk, and then how much you uh, invest in it. And so I think the, the Poles, Polish government is uh, looking at how they defend themselves, uh, if that was in fact the case, and since being a part of NATO, that would mean Article 5 um, uh, implications as well. So it's not just the Polish people by themselves, the Polish nation by themselves. It is it's NATO. And is the U.S. military in good shape? Are we prepared if there would be attacks against the U.S. homeland? There's many ways I think that the, the U.S. homeland could be attacked. I, uh, I, there's ways to – obviously 9-11 was a way that uh, we did not anticipate uh, being attacked. There, there are other ways to do that. But I think that we are prepared. Uh, there is a – you've got the North, Northern Com- uh, uh, Northcom is the command that's in charge of uh, doing uh, the defense of the nation. So I think that we are – prepared. Very good. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've learned a great deal from Major General Robert M. Bo Dias, Jr. Again, we thank the Erie County Sheriff's Department for protecting him on his visit here. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production. And if you have any comments or thoughts, you can write to Brian Rusk, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200. Buffalo, New York, 14226. Thank you for teaching us so much about world affairs. Major General 
Robert M. Bo Dias, Jr. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.